0: I was a-bouncin' in and a laughing as we rode down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hopin' that we'd just hang on. Hi there, I'm Glenn Savile, you're listening so much to the fun. Always Race Day Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 119 of the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Carl Auto Group. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Caleb Sloha uh, tonight. Just two of us. We're recapping the weekend. We'll get to it uh, here in just a second. Uh, But first, we got to give a big shout out to the guys at the Carl Auto Group. Uh, They will get you anywhere you need to go. Any car you need to buy. And do anything uh, for you on the side too. I'm not sure that they'll go mow your lawn, but you could try. Could try to get it worked in the deal. Uh, Caleb, what a weekend! Yes.
1: Yeah, it uh, definitely was a weekend. <laughs> so um, I'm a little
0: thrown off tonight because we weren't. I was planning on moving the show to Monday. Uh, and doing it tomorrow night. So my mom was in the hospital, uh, Thursday, Friday night. Uh, everything's good now. She's fine. Um, but we were just going to chill tonight. I was going to watch some of the stars game with my family. Uh, and then about a hundred to go in the race at Kansas. I was kind of getting a feeling like, uh, yeah, today, uh, today has, chance to be really impactful uh both because the action at kansas was really good um and because of some of the uh social media stuff between indycar people uh and people on the other side we all know who i'm talking about but we'll, we'll get we'll get into all of it um and it was a loaded weekend and that's i'm not i'm not uh breaking any rules or Promises with my family by doing the show, but I had to call the audible, uh, to get on here. So we'll get to it. Caleb, uh, are we, you want, we got to start with NASCAR, right?
1: Yeah, we could definitely start there. Um, I, I, I I will say on the IndyCar F1 stuff, I've, I've only seen a brief, I was just kind of starting to get into it. So, um, we'll have to hear kind of what you've all seen, but yeah, what a, what a, race for the cup series at Kansas. Um, one of the better races we've seen in the past couple of years, um, just all around was, was a good race. It seemed like, um, for the most part you could, you know, work somebody over after a couple laps and, and make the pass. Um, so just good from start to finish. A lot of lead changes, um, good battling throughout the the pack and throughout the the race and uh you know no as as ross chastain said a good drama free day so yeah that uh
0: that was something with uh his stuff and and everything and um yeah basic overview of kansas uh throughout the day just you had three wide restarts off the cuff, you know, you had a little too m- too many uh, cautions, but that was okay. Um, but you had a gradual kind of strategy race, and you had guys plan strategy. You had guys running scuff tires. William Byron was running his scuffs when he was a lap down, which was a very smart move, um, because when he got back to the lead lap, uh, he was able to put on new tires. Obviously, that didn't get him the win, um, and I think Kyle Larson was racing with seven lap old tires at the end of the race there too. Um, yeah, I think, uh, like throughout the day, it was, it was quintessential like that's the perfect NASCAR race and it didn't need the finish. It didn't need the finish to be anything that it was or wasn't, uh, like that race up into the white flag lap was exactly what NASCAR has kind of built itself on and wants to be. I, maybe that's the wrong way to phrase that. But as yeah, as a I mean, fan, I think that's what we want out of the normal race.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely it sucks to see like I was super excited. Um, like kind of what we talk about, it, it was a bummer to have it end in a guy getting wrecked because I really wanted to see um, you know, them battle it out side by side and uh see who, you know, was going to come out ahead. So, um, uh, it, it's super unfortunate to have, you know, a guy get wrecked, especially for like Larson who literally got wrecked for the lead twice today. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. Cause it, it really started out with like the Chevys were leading, but the Toyotas just seemed very, very dominant at one point, like every single Toyota was in the top 10. Um, and then one by one, they kind of like were faltering back, but they were still strong. Um, and then Hendrick kind of found more speed and, um, it seemed like, you know, at least, you know, Byron and Larson were super, super fast. And then Chase Elliott got up there for a little bit. Um, so it was kind of a Hendrick versus Gibbs day, uh, pretty much all day. But, um, you know, at the end, it came down to, to Larson and Hamlin and, um, just really close, tight racing. And, uh, unfortunately Larson ended up going around on the last lap and, and Denny Hamlin won it. Yeah. So,
0: that battle kind of started um denny hamlin was making his first kind of charge and closing in on kyle with 18 to go um either that or that was when i recorded the races for my dad and today he didn't watch the race live with me so that was where the recording cut off um into the next show but you know they, they go in battle for the last however many laps and you know i see people commenting like Oh no! Once you get into the air, you can't pass the leader, and it it wasn't like that. Kyle Larson's just really good. Like Den- Denny was trying his hardest to pass him, and it just wasn't happening. Uh, we do got yeah the last lap incident. Uh, I can see why Larson fans are mad. Um, I I don't like that you can get a car loose like that. I don't like that you can you know approach the lead car in that way and screw up the air that's affecting his car. But I, I feel like you're trying to bend science fixing that. I don't think you really need to, but I, what I'm trying to say is I thought Larson uh, was going around anyways.
1: It's it, to me, like it I could be, like,
0: I could be wrong. I could be wrong if, if, Kyle comes out and says, like, Denny wrecked me," and you know whatever his opinion is. I I hope he clarifies a little bit because I I do want to know. Um, yeah, so I'll, down the road I'll ask him about it, but I, it looked to me like he was already going around.
1: It sucks because uh, mid mid interview with Larson, um, we all got distracted. But yeah, um, it- that no that was one of the funniest clips all year. Like, it was hilarious. So, and then um, NASCAR Chasm put a uh, tweet out, Dude, that was like the most I, I was seriously like wheezing. It was so hilarious. So he uh, tweeted the the side by side picture of Larson's interview where he's laughing. And then you have the next side by side is Gregson and Chastain. And he put, when you're sad that you lost the race on the final lap, but then you see an Amish guy and a watermelon farmer get into a fight. And suddenly that frown turns upside down and you realize there's so much beauty in the world. <laughs> because of course Gregson has that bowl cut now so he looks he just looks like an Amish dude but I from my from my perspective Larson got into the wall so you have that that but then you also had Hamlin was giving him absolutely no room so like the contact was going to get made either way and then it was like Larson kind of got sideways and he really overcorrected, and just went straight into the wall um I, I i mean if i have to point blame i'm gonna say it's hamlin's fault but really like it it was just it was hard racing on the final lap for the win yes that's all yes say.
0: that's now nah, that's the overwhelming part of, or take that i want to make known is it was the last lap you're racing for the win in a sport where winning is very, very valuable uh, if you are a contending team or if you aren't, if you're locked in the playoffs and a win or at least, like, clinch to finish 17th in the points or however they do that. Um, you, you expect something like that to happen. I was not too surprised, but I, I was thinking that, you know, Hamlin's going to try to pass. If he gets one more chance at the last second here, he's going to dump him in the corner little bump and run that we used to see at bristol all the time um but he didn't i I think he tried to be as clean as he could be while doing that but you're racing for the win kyle larson did all he could uh i've got i've got a friend who is a huge larson fan and he got damon and damon's ass and is driving home from kansas right now from from the racetrack and So, I asked him if he could come. I didn't realize he was driving home already. But uh, so he can't join us tonight. We'll have him on the next episode. We might do a bonus
1: for you guys, but we got some stuff to work on this week. So stay tuned. But yeah, I've got a friend. He's a huge Larson fan. He was also at the race. And so I, I asked him for his opinion on that deal. And he just said, Uh, you know, it was a racing deal. It it was an awesome race. That's, he just kept saying over and over it was, it was an awesome race. And that's, you know, the, the important thing.
0: That's good. I'm glad your friend's not too big of a hothead. If I I, I was strictly a Larson fan and and not a journalist or anything, I'd be cursing Denny Hamlin the whole way home.
1: You know, some people are like that, but like, he was just, he was glad that it was an awesome race and, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we want, right? Like that's what we've been craving. So I'm glad that we had it.
0: Yeah. So they interview Hamlin. Uh, he didn't want to say too much about it. He glossed over, uh, that moment, that move specifically um, in his post-race interview on the front stretch. Uh, then we go to Kyle Larson. He's just saying like, I haven't seen the replay. You know, I really don't know. Cause Larson, and I tweeted this uh, with the clip of what I'm about to explain, but he's very rarely uh, at a loss for words. Uh, he knows what he wants to say. He knows when he's going to put that out there. Um, and basically it cuts at some point, and I think Larson saw it after everyone else did, but it cuts to Ross Chastain and Noah Gregson, and you just see this big right hook from Ross Chastain uh, into Noah Gregson's face. Um, so we have a fight, and so now we're all just going to talk about the fight on top of the already really awesome race. And I think everyone said this already, and I love that they're. Doing this, but people, everyone's a lot of notable names in NASCAR. I think Tyler Reddick tweeted it, but they said, you know, we got to go to hockey rules when we're doing post race fights.
1: So and that's what I said as soon not, as it happened. Yeah, the number one rule in
0: hockey wrapping that I learned from my short time doing that when I was younger uh, if it's a one on one in a league that allows fighting, as long as no one else jumps in, don't separate it until they're on the ground
1: yeah because it's super unfortunate that like the so Noah Gregson is frustrated goes to Ross Chastain and Ross ends up throwing the first punch but then they're separated. So Ross gets one good hit in and then they're separated and Gregson's not allowed to, to do anything back. And yeah, that, that's super, super unfortunate, but it was, it was funny because everybody started saying that I did say as the, that fight happened, I said, we need hockey rules. Um, what was also funny too is on track when Gregson and Chastain were having it out and um, you know the whole thing kind of started on track, I, I looked at my friends and I said, if there's one person in the field that is going to go out and, and throw a punch at Ross, you just found that guy right there and, and sure enough, (laughs) it ended up, uh, you know, almost being the case, but yeah.
0: Uh, you know, it's just another week of the circus baby.
1: And he wasn't the only one Kyle Busch was upset with him too. Yeah. You know, and, it's, it's funny, too, because then Kyle gets on the radio and says he's pissed at me because I'm pissed at him because he drives like an asshole. Yeah, it's a, it's like, a funny,
0: funny quote, because that's the perfect way to phrase it. And I feel like it's exactly what happens every time this guy's getting into one of these.
1: It's just I, I mean, you you make so many enemies every single week and uh, we're talking about him again. Like it's he he causes problems. I mean, 90% of the races. So it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. And it, again, it's unfortunate. We've talked about how he wrecks other people and never seems to have consequences for it. And now, you know, somebody wanted to go punch him in the face and he got the good deal out of it. Like I'm, I'm so over him getting to be the big boy in the situation. I'm, I'm ready for somebody to, just, just kind of show him what, what needs to be done. I, I mean, I don't know who or what or who, but it just, it's getting to a point where it's got to be addressed.
0: Um, no, it was, already, addressed. it was already there. We're past that and it's a circus now.
1: That's what I'm trying I to say. I mean, that's true. Too. But like Gregson said too, Gregson brought up the point. He goes, they, they were asking him questions and Gregson said, you can't talk to the dude. You cannot talk to the dude. And so whatever... You know, and you can, you can get that vibe from him too, that when you're talking to him, like he just has like this, like half smirk, like, I don't really care what you're saying. Like, it, you know, obviously we don't know what was said, but it it's just, I, I don't know. It It's, it, he needs to be brought down several steps and I don't know when it's going to happen, but he just always seems to have the, the good end of every deal. So this is what uh, our
0: site publisher said, uh, Now watch all the nerds come out and complain about Chastain, even though he's the most interesting athlete in the sport by a long way. If we had four or five of these guys in the sport, we'd be in a hell of a lot better place. Old school. Sorry, I I stuttered through reading that because he made a grammatical error. That's typically something that Ross Chastain fans do. They're not really solid at spelling and typing cool. and sentence structure but um
1: if we had four or five of ross chastain's we would never be able to race under green it would we, be we have that it's-, it's called arca and
0: everyone makes fun of it what the hell chris oh my god it, at chris makes fun of arca all the time that's what we should do is we should sit down at the end of the year and make chris watch like four or five arca races we pick out in a row
1: I mean, I think he should do that because I love ARCA, so. <laughs> drivers got to learn somewhere, uh,
0: and we got to, yeah, it, that's a whole other, other conversation um, that I about just turned into a 20-minute discussion. But uh, to get back to it and to what you were saying, I don't think we've ever been this close in NASCAR history to having three cars and – one guy is behind Chastain, one's in front of him, and one's to the left, and they're just trapping him against the wall. I I mean, if that was ever a hypothetical situation to happen, this is as close as we've ever been. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, at some point, I mean, you got to think the guy's going to have some payback come to him, but he manages to escape, like, uh, the mouse from Tom and Jerry uh Jerry. Yeah, it feels a lot like that. J- Ross is Jerry in the weirdest way. Um and every other driver is Tom.
1: Well, and like Gregson said too. He goes, everybody seems afraid to like go up to him and and confront him and like that's
0: because he's that's because he's got a guy there wearing the most pansy ass colored tan shirt that waits for him to throw a punch so he can break up the fight after so ross can keep his perfect looking face and for the people that say i don't say anything nice about ross Chastain, i just did i complimented his face so take that oh my god
1: it's it's funny too because then ross makes a comment too about like um yeah, whatever he said, he said something about, we don't, we don't shove people at track house and he's, he's made that comment before too. Um, we watching that, that Xfinity, I don't remember which one it was or whatever, but he made the comment. Well, you know, I've been, I've been grabbed by the shoulders before and I'm not going to let that happen to me again. And it's, it's so like, he's just so be- much better than everybody. Like stop knocking everybody around and you won't get touched. Like, Nobody comes up and grabs you if you're not bulldozing people over. Like it's just it uh, isn't the consequences of my own actions. yeah, it's like how how dare you do that? So but anywho, that's uh, you know, Ross Chastain in the news yet another week. We really should keep track of like every week that this happens.
0: The only last thing I have is uh, an IndyCar with their deal. Almost all their races are on national cable television. Almost all of their events. Every race has a post-race show, whether it's on TV or whether it's streamed on Peacock. Every single race, they have a post-race show, they have a pre-race show. Today, after the fight happens, we get very little afterwards. Part of that is that Ross Chastain's personality is like that of a wet towel. Maybe just a moist one even. I don't know. It's, the guy has never said anything brash that's like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. This guy's perfect. This, that, that's, he just cut the best promo. He, you know, He should just like copy a CM Punk promo and just memorize it. And at least then we'd have something that we're getting out of this that's a positive. Because all we're doing is yelling at each other.
1: It is unfortunate though, because I don't even think we got, we didn't even get a Gregson.
0: Uh, That's what I was gonna say. I didn't know where you saw that Gregson was saying stuff because it didn't. I didn't think he was on the broadcast after.
1: Nope, it was on. It was on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it was. It's because we always we go over our TV window. Like you can tell because towards the end of the race, there. Well, if you're looking for whatever came on afterwards, like fourth tier NFL football, like because you know anywho whatever no
0: yeah um, it, no it was like that's what i was trying to say is it, it's ridiculous to not get a comment from gregson and to have to cut to of all leagues the damn usfl so people people will be quick to say this to me and i'm going to address a couple of things i'll address the f1 stuff later Connor, you tell me all the time, go out to a barnstormers game, go support the indoor football league. It's fun. It's cool. Arena football is a kick-ass sport and it's awesome to watch no matter who the hell's playing it. That's why I love the sport. The only thing that leagues like the XFL and the USFL have done, and they've done it in recent years. This is a big reason why I hate the XFL is when you have players in your league and the end of the season comes somehow the league's going bankrupt because there's players that aren't getting paid those players are coming out of that indoor football league in the national arena league and they're being poached from arena football to go play in these second tier leagues with no hardly any home field and barely a home crowd i think st louis was the one the only one that ever took off somewhat and they missed the playoffs with a six and four record so i think it's a joke i hate it i hate it for the players that get screwed when they go and play there and for the usfl to shorten nascar's post race is just damn pissed me off man
1: yeah. I mean, it's super unfortunate. And I think we talked about this last week where, you know, IndyCar after the race, yeah, you get these interviews of like first, second, third, then, you know, Oh, a guy finished six that normally wouldn't finish that good. So we interview him and then 18th had a bad race today. So we interview him, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, with NASCAR, you just get like three minutes and, Partly, you know, I think it's because they they went over their TV time, but also we've really never, you know, in the last couple of years, had much of a a post race. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. We just we can't we can't win, and it's like they were talking about. I was watching Hamlin's podcast and you know, he's talking about, well, we need to find ways to get the Netflixes to say yes to giving us a series and you know, these document, these docu series and blah, blah, blah. Well, how, how is Netflix going to go say, yes, there's enough entertainment for us to have a series when we don't ever get interviews from the, the drivers, you know, like that's, it's never televised their, you know, comments or personalities or the the drama. Like, you, we don't as fans don't get to see it on tv so why would somebody else see it and pick up on it
0: yeah absolutely um to connect that right? right let's perfect segue here formula one connor racing is getting more popular in america rising tide lifts all boats that's what they say right caleb yeah okay good i'm just checking my bases off here um So why would you you not like F1? Why do you tear it down every chance you get? Well, if F1 wanted to help racing in America, and if they were smart, they would not schedule head-to-head in the same exact time slot as NASCAR. Nearly every race they've ran here in the past five years has done that exact same thing. And for three years, it was a racetrack in Texas on the same day that NASCAR raced at Texas they're not here to try and lift racing and make racing more popular. They are here to take Americans money because they got big pockets. They're selling nachos for $275. Tweet about that. Every normal like team t-shirt is like 130 bucks. the cheapest ticket was 500 and they dropped it to 400 because the attendance was going to suck. And then they published a bunch of fake attendance numbers saying that they had more people in the crowd this year, despite all the empty seats we saw. It's a damn clown show and people are starting to figure it out. People are starting to see it for what it is. There's two cars on the track every week that can win the race and they're both named Red Bull. And it's, it's a shame because some of these people are getting brainwashed into watching an F1 race and they're not seeing a good product. They're seeing complete bullshit. And it's the same series that Andretti auto sport goes, we want to get into F1. We're going to build this huge facility and it's going to be massive. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to be, it's going to transcend technology and we're going to have real development in these race cars and we're going to compete. Well, none of the teams want to let him in because they're worried he's going to kick their ass like he did in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's a joke, man. It is an absolute joke. And I think people started to realize that today.
1: I, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's, Like, I don't put enough energy into fighting about it. Like for me, I'll watch it. This is one of my young kid things where I I
0: got really pissed off in my younger years and like less and less things pissed me off more, but this one stayed with me. At this point, it's like a lifelong war I'll be fighting.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, for me, I just don't watch it that much. I watch some highlights, kind of, you know, I catch up with like what goes on, but I don't really like pay attention that much um <laughs> i you know i just i i put focus more into the the good racing and um uh, you know just don't don't put too much harsh energy into it i guess uh
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So Marcus Erickson, 2022 Indianapolis 500 winner and former F1 driver uh, tweeted, I know every race can't be a classic, but imagine if all the people watching F1 today would give IndyCar a chance. We always have minimum two to three stops stops with different strategies. He's talking about a two to three stop race uh, because F1, again, had a one stop race today and it's boring as hell because you don't strategize off one pit stop.
1: Well, and it's stupid. I hate this. I mean, we talk about it with the dirt versus asphalt people too, where like, I, I feel like you, IndyCar fans will go watch F1, and you know, there's not like a whole lot of hemming and hawing about it. But then, too, yeah, you've got these just elitist F1 fans that like refuse to watch IndyCar. And you've got it sometimes with the, the dirt fans too, where they like just refuse to watch asphalt stuff. But yeah. it's like, go watch both. Like, I. I don't understand why it would ever tear somebody down by like oh you watch that like just I go just did it. that for the last six and a half minutes Caleb exactly like it just just go watch like IndyCar is fantastic and if you're in f1 like I don't I can't see why you wouldn't be excited by IndyCar
0: yeah I Daniel Ricardo said he's scared of ovals um That's just fair. I think you need to get in a car and and go try it. But
1: But I also just think, yeah, yeah,
0: I also just think being a reserve driver is the worst thing. Any any driver in motorsports, and you know, I'm in no position to be giving drivers advice. But any driver in motorsports, the worst thing you can do for your career is to sit there and be a reserve driver for a year. You're off camera. You're not. You know, you're not going to get brought up. You're unless you start bringing a horse to pit road, like your car didn't just made that your thing and you just got a new horse for every race that, I mean that you'd have to like, that's go ahead. I
1: just, and here's the thing too. It's like, okay, he did, he's not, uh, you know, he wouldn't race at oval. I wouldn't race MotoGP, but like it's, it's fun as hell to watch, you know, like it's, it's still an exciting thing for those to, to, that are participating to watch Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just – yeah, I don't understand, you know, how people could think that – like, if, if you want to watch F1, that's fine. Watch F1. Be a fan of F1. That's awesome. Motorsports fans – I disagree. And... I just wanted to make sure everyone want, knew where I stood. If, if you're going to support motorsports, I'm not going to tear you down for it, but I can't possibly see how you could think that IndyCar is – less fun to watch um and you know definitely have to try it out uh, side note i was just looking at twitter and in the background of the Grakes and chastain fight is the most beautiful perfect image i will send it to you but oh God, i saw the logano one that that's yeah. that's what i'm <laughs> He's he's got his hat down. He's got his sunglasses on, and he is mid-chug of uh, Coca-Cola, and it is just the funniest thing. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's like it would make for a perfect commercial. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, said- um, the other uh only
0: only other thing I got from F1, and there's a a few other tweets, but I didn't see. I didn't. Wasn't able to round all of them up, but a friend of the podcast uh in IndyCar Radio, uh Nick Yeoman says uh he said, quote, the most uncompetitive and boring spectacle in motorsports at F1, all sizzle, no substance, Z Z Z, 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 Z uh sleep emoji. Um th- earlier this week they and they've done it a couple of times, they're trying to IndyCar has um, the trademark for the greatest spectacle in racing mm-hmm. and F1 is marketing stuff using the word spectacle um, and trying to get it as close to the, as as close as they can uh, to the greatest spectacle in race. I think they said the the greatest racing spectacle on the planet was what they were calling this. Uh, they're basically just trying to rip off. IndyCar's trademark and their brand coming in and trying to take their thunder. And oh boy. Let, I'm saying a- if if a series in dirt did that, you guys would all be calling them clowns and you'd be well, like you can't come up with your own slogan? Are you kidding me? But F1 does it and you're like, "Oh, Europeans, man, that's just what they do." You know what they say?
1: I'm also like not a fan of like if you're going to rip off marketing like advice, don't rip it off from people that suck at marketing.
0: Oh, from IndyCar? They've been... I think now... So they made that change inside, and a lot of people say that IndyCar sucks at market. Like, I'm in a group chat with a few guys that cover NASCAR um, and myself. It's not... uh, You won't guess the names. It's Ten of us... I'm just saying you won't guess... No one will guess who's in it unless... I don't know. Um, But one of them... uh, said when the news came out that the cw or whatever company manages that was filing for bankruptcy like indycar marketing strikes again and it's like well how the hell is indycar supposed to know that this company is going to go bankrupt (laughs) yeah okay you know and their, their promos for the races have been really good this year uh my thing is like i don't know i know what good marketing is and well-rounded marketing but i don't know what works to boost sports on such a high level uh when streaming numbers everywhere and television numbers everywhere are going down so
1: yeah it, it's more just their previous deals is what i was getting no you i laughed at it once i got it and then I,
0: <laughs> and then I jumped to that because i remembered i was like why are we taking shots at my guys here? Like if I put every F1 take in here, you guys, you guys would not have a group chat. You'd kick me out of it.
1: It would just be like it, it'd be like the equivalent of Hendrick was like struggling a little on speed. So they were like, let's go steal setups from Rick Ware Racing and see what
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. You did not just compare IndyCar to Rick Ware Racing. On <laughs> a marketing level in the past. That's when Stingray is. Rob is on the podcast, I'm going to tell him you hate him.
1: But what does that have any those are you just even, you
0: basically you know around the corner uh, kind of backhanded complimenting him backhanded insult maybe
1: i not even close but all right <laughs>
0: oh man um so besides that and what truly was a wild weekend uh i'm trying to decide if i want to go chronologically here and the dallas stars are about to the puck so i don't ask you guys to think that i'm special uh or think that oh that okay don't take that please don't take that like that i don't want any thanks from you guys for bailing on my family dinner to come here and do this podcast i don't need any of that i would though request it for missing some of the dallas stars game which i'm about to put on my phone that's a very big thing it's a playoff game game three seattle's gonna get their asses clapped tonight on their home ice uh, but through the weekend, um, yeah, let's just do today. Let's do, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going impact over chronological, so my bad. Um, so the World of Allies, were at Eldora Speedway over the weekend. Uh, let's Race 2 is the event. They do World of Allies and the USAC Non-Wing Sprint Cars race there for two nights. Uh, Buddy Kofoy missed the A-Main. Uh, both of those nights, and I'm probably doing this out of order because I'm—I don't want to allude that that is why this news happened. Um, but today, Sunday, uh, CMS Racing, so Crouch Motorsports, uh, announced that they would be parting ways uh, with Buddy, who currently has one World of Outlaws win um, through a 17 race season. I'm not sure if he wants to race the full schedule. I don't know. Any details behind the scenes to why this happened, uh, but they parting ways, uh, effective immediately. Uh, team owner, this is from their release, team owner Leighton Crouch and Kofoid could not come to an agreement on the direction of the team, which led to this decision. Buddy is a talented sprint car driver, and we wish him well in all of his future endeavors. Hashtag CMS. Uh, buddy responded with a statement of his own, actually just quoted the tweet posted a picture. Uh, he says, I'd like to let everyone know that myself and Crouch motorsports have parted ways. I'd like to clarify that out of integrity for myself as a race car driver. And personally, I left on my own terms. I look forward to new beginnings. The best is yet to come. I want to thank all of my fans and followers for supporting me and being a part of this journey. See you at a racetrack soon. Now, Buddy Kofoid is not bad at racing. I think his stats this year prove it. He's an up-and-coming driver. He's got real potential to be very, very, very good. Uh, two-time USAC midget champion. He's raced in NASCAR at Bristol Dirt and the truck race uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports. He should have won that race. He was the best car on the track for a period of time, and I would have won a lot more money than I did. Uh, he did not He wrecked I think at some point but it's big to see where Buddy goes and I think maybe that might tell us a little bit about what happened here I don't know if it was schedule oriented or, or what the deal was or if they got into a disagreement through I mean how many races this year have we seen Buddy miss the man? you know it's I don't know if it was just back-to-back b main nights where you don't transfer. I I have no clue what could have led to this because he is like one of the hottest prospects in the sport. So that one kind of surprised me. Um, And also this weekend, it's the middle of May and we're doing sprint car silly season. Uh, Parker Price Miller broke the news that he would not be racing in the McCandless Motorsports number 29 car anymore. Uh, He posted this morning. After the races last night at Eldora, myself and McCandless Motorsports have decided to mutually part ways. We we both had different paths we had in mind and just didn't work out. I can't thank Greg, Jill, Logan, Randy, Jordan, Chris, and everyone a part of the team enough. Wish them nothing but success in the future. As far as my plans, that is unknown. Might run my car when I can and possibly try some late model stuff here and there. With that being said, I'm also seeking... Other rides and opportunities. Thanks. Now. Parker's pretty good. He's been around. He has raced for a few different drivers or a few different owners over the past few seasons. Um, Friend of the show also, but i do wonder where he's going to end up and i wish i had more to give you guys than that if i had monday to prep for it then we'd be sitting a lot prettier than we are right now so apologies for that but i wanted to just mention both of those just to make sure people saw them and kind of got what's going on um in sprint car racing this stuff can happen a lot easier there's you know as you might imagine um there's a lot more gentlemen's agreements than there are contracts. There are still contracts out there that happens. Um, but you see drivers and teams split sometimes at very odd times. And some of those decisions can come after a big fight. They can come after a series of poor results. They can, you know, uh, our guy Ayrton Jeniton, um, and his sponsor, uh, Fisher body shops, uh, they parted ways this week. Um, they parted ways on good terms they just didn't want to be fisher didn't want to be sponsoring a race car anymore and so that was that and they made a deal and did whatever and you know both of them go on their way so it all these can be mutual all these minus uh the latter one that i just said but all of these things can be spicy it's it's almost open to interpretation, but something happened. If we find out what it is and we can post it, we'll let you know. We'll we'll do that digging. Um, as far as the weekend on the dirt went, uh, Rico Abreu uh, got Donny shots at the line at Eldora on the last lap. Uh, so he got his second World of Outlaws one of the year. It's a hell of a start to the season. He's looking as good as I've seen buddy look, um, throughout his career, Caleb, have you, uh, followed buddy or did I call Rico buddy? My bad. Sorry, guys. Caleb, have you followed Rico through his career? Cause he had that stand in NASCAR. You would know him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I, I, I know of him. I followed him, um, when he raced trucks and uh, a little bit before and, you know, still, when his name pops up, I usually you know see what's going on with him, so
0: yeah, um so that is uh something to follow just with <laughs> drivers hitting on all cylinders um specifically enrico um I think you will look for that later in the year, see if it keeps continuing, but the pace he's on right now he's been it's been four months or three months since he uh first hopped in a car this year maybe probably closer to two but i mean he's been solid every weekend and i i've never seen him with this many uh solid results uh at a constant um going into may so love that for rico he's great um we went to knoxville saturday night aaron reitzel made a gigantic statement uh Doubled down, won 360s, uh, won the 410 race there at the track, too. Chase Randall made his 410 debut, came back fourth in that race. He ran second to Aaron in the 360. And Garrett Williamson ran third in 360, fifth in the 410, I believe. Um... I'm sorry. I was confused for a second thinking he might've ran six, but he ran fifth in the 410 race. Um, so great nights for those three guys, especially, uh, Carrie Madsen just didn't have enough speed to chase down Aaron. Reitzel. um, also wanted to give a shout out to Matthew, Matt Stelzer, uh, in victory lane after the pace pro race, uh, he called out, uh, it's a Twitter account named drunk dingus. Uh, if you know, him, if you know, you know, I'll just say that, uh, a lot of people that take drunk dingus's tweets way too seriously um it you know uh,
1: oh okay can you hear me yeah you, you paused for a brief moment but we're back yeah no you froze we're good
0: uh no but with i was getting at uh drunk dingus's twitter account um matt gave him a shout out after the race saying that uh, we were kind of counted out by some people and drunk dingus just put out a ranking of the drivers or a tier list uh he likes to likes to say trust the tears is his uh saying but he put it out Stelzer was like ninth uh in he needed one win to set the record for most career wins at Knoxville in a pace pro car. And he set it on Saturday, uh, and gave, gave him a shout out. So that was funny to see. Uh, I think it was motivating for Matt. So, uh, however people try to draw their motivation to, you you know, if you're going to hand someone billboard material, they're going mm-hmm. to end it up there. So, uh, I thought that was really cool. I wasn't able to get Matt after the race. Uh, that's just bad journalism on my part. I was running around, doing other stuff and just completely forgot to do it until it was too late and he was gone. So, uh, other than that, Caleb, how how about chase Sexton? I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, let let me hop on my victory horse and I'll be riding around the racetrack for (laughs) a few minutes. Eli Tomac, uh, I believe was leading the supercross race. I was not watching it live. I didn't see what happened. he, Took a hard hit, accident, retired from the race. Chase Sexton goes on to win. And now Chase Sexton is the Supercross points leader going into the final week of the Supercross season. That's nuts. If you would have told me that after week four, I would have never believed you.
1: And Tomac ended up, I don't know, I saw that he had a ruptured Achilles. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's there's yeah not much grosses me out more than the thought of that like yeah no that would hurt (laughs) (laughs) i hope they i hope they heal him up for uh super
0: motocross playoffs at the end of the year that's basically uh what everything kind of leads to now as they've came together to work together um between supercross and motocross Uh, and they're gonna be some epic races i want to see all the big names there i do so i hope that gets taken care of i also think like just in that sport there's no way to be safer than there being
1: you know what I mean? it it was just he he took a hard hit and like it uh, it, i mean that that can happen walking down the street like it's it you know obviously when you're doing that you're more at risk for doing that but it just it was kind of a weird deal Aside from shortening the schedule
0: to like six races, you can't do anything about
1: it.
0: Now, over COVID when they were racing, it was like Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday or something like that, or Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. That was stupid shit, and the injuries were on the series, in my opinion. But they wanted to get them in to fulfill the sanctity of what a 17 race season should look like. And on top of the credit there that I want to give them, um, cause I don't want them thinking I would coming up coming after them very hard after that. Uh, but on top of that, working with motocross who is aligned with a completely different TV deal, completely different people that run it and just, overall an entirely separated entity that houses all the drivers i mean it's like world of allies and the high limit working together it'd be something like that not saying they're not obviously uh but that playoff at the end of the year is has is going to make motocross more relevant this late season points change makes supercross more relevant and I think everyone benefits overall from it. So if you haven't watched it before, give it a try. Especially if you're more of like a one series race fan or something like that, or you want something unique to check out, I think people kinda enjoy Supercross for what it is and, and you'll see uh some interesting stuff usually. So probably one of their best seasons in like the past decade, honestly. What do you think, Caleb?
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched a
0: whole lot of it, but... Um, you hear me talk about it, though, and I, I get fired up about it. Well, all I hear about is Chase Sexton. We don't really talk about anybody else. Well, Cooper Webb, tough year. I want Red Bull KTM to succeed, but if Chase is the new guy over there, then... I suppose I'll keep pretending to cheer for Cooper all the rest of the season, but I don't think they like each other. I don't think, I, I think being a Chase Sexton and a Cooper Webb fan is like being a fan of the Cubs uh, and the Cardinals. You know, I mean, the the fan bases don't like each other. The drivers don't like each other. One is really good, and the, other, the other's talent level is comparative to that of the St. Louis Cardinals, and that's not saying much. I'll let you guys pick which one. <laughs> I'm speaking tongue in cheek anyway. Uh Caleb, did you have anything else from the week? Well oh shit. We went to Hawkeye Downs.
1: Yeah, went to Hawkeye Downs and watched uh waterfall from the sky. <laughs> and then left Hawkeye Downs. <laughs> yeah. Um- you go,
0: go for it. I'm going to turn this light on. I didn't realize I looked like a ghost the whole show. I wasn't paying attention.
1: Yeah, super disappointing. Their season opener uh, ended up getting rained out and uh, was was probably going to be a really, really good show. So that's disappointing. Um, also, some news out of the Joe Shear Classic today in the ASA race. Um, Dan Fredrickson crossed the line first. And, uh, Ty Majeski was second. And then, um, from, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on an uh, official word. This is just unofficial. Um, but due to a motor infraction, um, Dan Frederickson has been disqualified from his win. And so Ty Majeski gets a Joe Shear classic win. So we had a texture uh, Ricky. Yep. So we did, but, uh, oh my yeah, God. whoa.
0: Sorry, one of the Kraken guys just elbowed Mason Marchman in the face. I'm not a big fan of that.
1: Oh <sighs> my lord. Um, so yeah, super unfortunate. Like I was all excited for Dan Frederickson, but um, there, I saw one person say a, a motor infraction. So um, we're waiting kind of to hear from Weaver what exactly the deal is and. Um, Stuff on that, but I'll tell you what between
0: Tech Shed and these clowns they got on the NHL ice tonight. I don't know if I'm ever gonna see a referee and not punch him in the face again. Oh boy, yeah. I, if you guys don't know, I'm not a big fan of officials, I'm not a big fan of that pansy in the tan shirt earlier. I just called his tan shirt a pansy color. I would like to also extend that to himself uh, for breaking up the Ross Chastain Noah Grigson fight on the record, <laughs> please. Uh, the big thing, like with officiating races, is if you got to sit in a shed and tear a car apart for two hours to see if a team is cheating, I think you take the entire purpose away from the sport, and that is to make the car go
1: fast. We, yeah, we we've talked about all so, this, you know. But... It, it... Oh boy, Caitlin Larson. Oh yeah, read read her tweet. Is there so- no? um i don't this one was from like two hours ago so i saw her first one which was oh can
0: i uh, say something real quick too if you're out there tweeting at nascar driver's wives first of all you're a you're a goddamn loser number two number two you you have to understand that there's a, a group chat of nascar driver's wives out there that are laughing at you and your face and i guarantee yeah. you your profile picture is going in there and every comment from the group chat is going dude who would fuck that guy i can't believe he has a kid no oh my lord i wonder where the wife is at that's it. i'm telling you every every time just um, don't, don't so do she, that tweet. if you, you know someone that does that tell them not to do do that. Do.
1: stupid she tweeted and she said um you know, something Larson got wrecked twice, both times from the lead with like the yeah, face that- palm emoji. Um, and now she like, this was two hours ago, but she also tweeted out actions hypocritical.
0: Yeah, he, Benny Hamlin naming his podcast Actions Detrimental has really backfired uh, to Denny. Why? Is it though? Because, oh, well, that's the only, that's the only take I had from that tweet. I, you know, I don't know. And the weird thing was, I kind of thought that, I kind of thought that first tweet was about what happened at the end of the race. So I didn't assume that we'd see a second one.
1: Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I think it's messy when when the significant other goes off and on a social media and just starts spewing stuff i i I just don't think it's a great idea um now here's my deal. what I'm looking at stuff like'm looking at statements
0: from people's wives girlfriends husbands, boyfriends, whatever first off, from their point of view. Do you expect them to cheer for anyone else or give any other dude in the world leeway? Cause that's stupid, number one. Like that's
1: <laughs> I just I and which is fine. Like if you go and you cheer on, you know, blah 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 blah, like whatever. I, I think it's just it it's dumb when you start like talking shit about a driver on social media. Like I think I think that just gets to be messy and I, I I just
0: think it's it I, I don't take really that much by it because I, I expect obviously any significant other is going to be cheering for their partner and you know they might have an opinion on this driver and if, if you're a driver and you get talked shit about by a wife or a girlfriend on Twitter you know do they even understand do you know that they understand the sport enough to know what, and I'm not trying to say like, I'm not doing the like females aren't smart deal. Obviously I'm trying to say is, do you think they know the ins and outs of everything in that situation? And that can change obviously for every different deal that comes up. But I mean, these guys on the track know more about tendencies of the guys that are around them that anyone could ever know watching from afar. You know what I'm saying, Caleb? Yeah, I I, I definitely do. Like, it. there's so many wrinkles in there that, you know, they might not even understand. And, you know, maybe she just doesn't like the way Ross Chastain races. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. But I, again, when I was, like, younger, I was, like, if I saw, like, uh, all right I, I will just say hypothetical but i the name i was going to bring up i just don't want to bring up but see someone crapping on one of the, your favorite drivers and you want to be pissed off at them and it's like it's just that guy's wife like what do you want her to say you can just not respond to the tweet and be like that girl really stupid that dude idiot complete idiot but yeah like i just don't really care what they say is what i'm trying to say like let them say what they want
1: understand they're gonna be biased i mean they have that right
0: yeah that's i don't think any team needs to mute the wives twitter accounts
1: from being able to tweet in a I mean, show, no, I, I mean, not, like I'm not calling for like yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't concern. think you were. I just think it, it looks messy and it looks, it, it's just got some of that like, childish drama kind of in but um also real quick so the listed reason for the dan Fredrickson disqualification is engine violation um matt weaver says it's worth noting last night that dan bought a new engine when he blew his up in practice yesterday um so they're kind of waiting more details but it sounds like he got an engine from Michael Hind racing and he races down South. So the rules tend to be a little different. So you start getting to that. So it's super unfortunate because it was probably just one of those things that they didn't know, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we're
0: making rules so that we can get away from the point of what racing was supposed <laughs> to be about in the first place.
1: Well, and that's, eventually what they want to do with all three of those series is get to a point where that's not a problem where, um, I have an idea. You, do you want to hear it? What? It's all legal. Yeah, that's great. And let's go the, see, let's go see what happens. I don't think you understand what happens when
0: I, the, the teams that like, can buy better parts, they will be faster. It would turn into F1. I, Yeah, Yeah. the
1: the teams like the Majeski's and stuff that literally like don't have a budget would just I mean it it wouldn't even be a thing. So, but anywho, that's all I got.
0: And this is unfair to say, but then I would bring up, well, that's kind of a purse issue. But. Obviously, Timo race races in NASCAR. He has NASCAR money. Some of these other guys don't.
1: Well, but here's the thing too: like, if you if you give these guys ten thousand, like it doesn't even matter. Like, if you let them do whatever they want, they will spend however much they want. If, Dude, this ref just got in the way of one of our guys. No oh boy, I hate officials. If you put a cap so on. If you put a cap of 5,000 and you tell these teams, you can only spend 5,000, they'll spend 5,000. If you put it at a cap of 20,000, they'll go spit. Some of them will go spend 20,000. If you put it at a hundred thousand, I guarantee a couple of them can, can spend a hundred thousand dollars. Like you just have no way of proving that though. There, there would be teams out there that would find a way to, then they
0: buy the engine with cash and you can't trace it. It's... Yeah. I don't know. Um, I love talking about that stuff though. Cause it, it is really interesting to me, like what problems arise and in, in even in that hype, like the hypothetical that I threw out knowing damn well that it's wrong, like the cause and effect of everything that goes into that, how, how we arrived at something that, we tear a car apart for an hour or two to make sure it's legal. And then when it's not the winner of the race changes.
1: Right. Well, and that's, I'm hoping they can get to a point where it's more unified because I've always disliked the idea that a guy running a super late model in Wisconsin could go down and run a track in Alabama and not be legal, and then you could go run at a track in North Carolina and not be legal for the track in Alabama or Wisconsin. And like it's it's always just never made sense to me. And so I'm hoping with what they've got going on now, they can start to unite and and it'll make more sense um, because then those guys that want to just go race and they you know want to go around and it we gotta knock out the ability where you're spending hours and hundreds of dollars just to go race at a track down the road. Um, so yeah, we'll and, see what, uh, what comes of it and, and, you know, go from there.
0: And all in on this real good note. Um, I've been to a lot of smaller tracks in my life and I've been to a lot of, of thank Dirt tracks. I, I emailed a pretty high tiered Sprint car series about getting credentialed to go to a track three hours for me, uh, and they told me that due to high demand, they didn't have enough press passes left, uh, or any left. Uh, but I was welcome to drive three hours and spend forty five dollars to get in the pits and do my job, which, frankly, a little insulting, uh, especially when the press pass is a little uh, paper pieced wristband that goes around your wrist. So I don't know if you only bought one sheet of those for everyone in the pits, but. You know, you know how that
1: goes you said, you said last time you told the story that you weren't like that mad about it, but like, no, you know. no I'm getting, I'm getting to just,
0: <laughs> I'm not trying to hard, but I, that's why I didn't mention the series. They're all good. Uh, I haven't talked to anyone from there or anything about that. Um, everyone I talked to at Hawkeye Downs that worked there, like thanked me for coming, even though it was a rainout. out. Even though we didn't get any racing in. Even though they might have not heard of Always race Day before. Even if they just thought I was friends with Caleb. And maybe that maybe this says more about Caleb than anything. I don't know. But I've never had a track where everyone I met said thanks for coming. So, like, that shit blew me away.
1: Next time you come, you, we got to get business cards so you can actually, like, hand out business cards. I want to just hand out stickers. Well that too. I got seventy
0: little always race day stickers left. They're the technically they're the race use size in the Eldora million in the A main driven by Ricky Weiss.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah. that I mean that History. because those those guys will put stick you know, there's a good good bunch of them that'll put stickers on just because. So
0: Yeah, I'll bring them with me next time and we'll we'll do that and I'll get more if we need to. Uh but yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to Hawkeye downs for that because not all tracks do that. not all tracks understand that, you know, my job isn't to promote the race, but you're somewhat promoting the race by going yourself. There's a reason you're going to the race. There's a reason you're writing about the race and there's a reason people should read your stuff and care about it. In, in why you're going to the race. Just like I covered I Iowa take tennis on Saturday because they have a really deserving story and people should care about that. So it's not promoting it. I mean, you have to play every side fair and I do. I won't shy away. If anyone ever has a qualm about any biasness in my reporting, let me know. Cause I head on, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. I told a guy that replied to uh our story about Ayrton and uh their sponsor splitting um and i said find me at a racetrack and talk to me but i just want to be open you know i want racetracks to succeed i'm not blindly going to pump out and just spread good messages about every track out there so when i do spread a good message about a track like hawkeye downs you know take that for exactly for what it's worth and it's worth a lot so i just thought that was really cool um even you know on a rain out day that should suck we had a lot of fun so i wanted to make sure to get that and get that in full and give them a shout out because i was talking to a bunch of guys in knoxville about that and not that knoxville is they have awesome awesome people too you good you got anything else Caleb? i am good sweet well thank you guys um we'll get damon on here to bitch about danny hamlin on the next episode uh we'll get to that um other than that uh, i might have a guest wednesday uh for y'all i think it'll be wednesday when we do it we're planning a ton of stuff um it'll be announced soon big dealing the works with uh something we're going to do uh with the world as we can knoxville so uh be on the lookout for that uh it might not necessarily be here this week but a lot, a lot of the leg work is getting done right now so we're a little bit busy with that but great weekend of racing um probably the best weekend of the year easily uh and i hope it only gets better from here And, you know, before, before, you know, it'll it be August and we'll be uh, camping out at Knoxville for 10 days and the best 10 days of racing and, uh, of the year. So appreciate y'all for listening. Um, get out to your local tracks, get out to the big shows. Um, make sure you follow us at always race day, uh, and thank the Carl auto group for being our presenting sponsor. We love them. We appreciate them a lot. And we will see you guys Wednesday night. Thank you.